0: Good evening. good evening. Are you well? Yeah. Good. I am well too. It's really good to see you. I, I'm just going to add my welcome to that that's already been given. It's really great that you've joined us. Thank you so much for, for coming, whether this is a familiar place for you or not, whether the idea of sitting and listening to someone for four hours is a familiar thing um, and that just feels weird or not, that then it's just so, we're so grateful that you would join us. Particularly grateful that Tim and Hills have joined us. They're back. So nice that they're here. Yeah. You can clap them, but not for too long, because we're talking about walking humbly tonight. And I don't want I don't want Tim to have to struggle with ministry. It's so nice. It is genuinely such a treat to have them back. We were so pleased that they went, but we are so pleased that they come back. Genuinely, it's so it's been it's for, for all the right reasons. Um, speaking of Tim and Hills, I, I had. Um, Boiled eggs last Sunday, which is a bit of a tradition. Boiled eggs. And um, when I finally got my plate ready with boiled eggs and soldiers, so I like to cut the crusts off so I've got, I've got them, my dippy bits. I like to make sure it's, it's all done right. Boiled eggs and soldiers, it's it, it something that I, I aspire to. And it's not straightforward. Do you know what I mean? I think, it, I think you should probably be running a Michelin-star restaurant before you try something out like that because the timing is, is everything. Anyway, last week, I, I hit it. I absolutely nailed it in terms of the eggs at the right time, and dropping. I had my toast, my bread ready. I dropped the toast, bread down at the right time, so that I could butter it in time for the the egg to be ready. You're all looking a little bit weird. Where is this guy? It. I, I just had a really geeky moment of going, "Yes, I am winning at life over boiled eggs and soldiers." It was quite. It was quite a moment, and we have those moments in our lives where where, um, where pride creeps in, where where we get, we've got so, we're so good at what we what we do, or we, maybe it's something that we do regularly enough that now and again we just hit that moment and we're like, yes, I am having one of those adulting moments. Is that? Um, i I've just nailed it. I felt so pleased. And there's that scale of, of, of kind of pride. We're, we're talking about walking humbly tonight. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But pride is one of those things that can get in the way. And there's another level of pride that, um, my son displayed this week. He's two and a half. Um, and we're trying to, we're trying to engage them in, in some sung worship a little bit, uh, in our, in our home, trying to model that stuff. And, um, And and I just learned a new song on the guitar. I won't be playing it up here, don't you worry. I'm not at all at that stage. But it was Lion and the Lamb. And I was trying to get the kids to to involve, And they were more interested in hitting each other with pillows. Uh, And I was like, and I was genuinely getting really into it. And I I just said, come on, kids. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? And Ben went, me! It was... And I was like, thank you, Ben. I'm speaking on walking humbly. That is going to be a really helpful starter. Um, th- just, We have different levels of, of pride when it comes to our walk with God. And I wonder how much your experience or how established you are in certain rhythms, in certain ways, that you perhaps have forgotten to expect God's involvement in your life. And I just want to address that a little bit today as we look at walking humbly. So um, if you haven't been here, this is a, a series that we're looking at um, from a little verse in a book called Micah," where we, we're talking about what, what it means to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. And we've done a little rhythm of th- we've hit both of those little phrases three times, and this is the third time we're looking at walking humbly. So there's a kind of up to God into ourselves and out to the world. Um, little circular thing that we're doing. So, so, I started us off by talking about hu- God models humility in, in being in community. The, the Trinity is community. It's this, this, this saying, I need you. Humility says, I need you. And if God models that, we should, we should do that. And then Gareth was talking about our own self-awareness, looking at Philippians 2, an amazing passage, um, talking about looking at ourselves in terms of what it means to walk humbly and today the, the focus is a little bit about out there. What does it mean to be on mission or to be loving people like Fees just been sharing, to be loving people but with humility, to walk humbly in the places that God's called us to. I don't know whether you've got dreams about the, the people that you interact with. I don't know where you're at in, in, in faith. Maybe some of you are still journeying with that. But, but for some of us who've perhaps been Christians for a little bit, excited about the life that Jesus brings to us, we might be excited about what others could experience of God. And I got pretty excited when we moved here two years ago and just connected with this. We were part of a little close and there's a whole bunch of houses and I'm like, I'm so excited about these guys getting to know Jesus. I'm so excited about connecting with them. I want to build this community and I had all these grand ideas about doing like a mince pies and mulled wine evening round at ours and organizing all this stuff and bringing people together. Anyway, then I saw that they were actually already brought together. Like they would connect with each other in all sorts of ways. And I was this kind of guy thinking I was going to swoop in and make it all happen. And suddenly I found myself on the outskirts going, am I the only one who doesn't know everyone in this close? Um, I wonder what it means to be walking humbly when it comes to your front line, the place that you want to impact in a kingdom way and for Jesus. Whether that's your own home, maybe you don't even have to go beyond the the, the walls of your house when it comes to representing Jesus and, and what it looks like to do that with humility. But maybe it's walking down your street Maybe it's the people that you meet with at work. Generally, for me, it's, it doesn't happen so much at work. I reckon most of the people in the staff team at Trinity are saved. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It's, there's a high proportion. It's looking good. Um, but your workplace might not look like that. So how you, how you represent Jesus, what you, how you bring the kingdom into that place uh, in a way that's walking humbly um, is important. So that's what we're going to look at a little bit. And basically what I want to say tonight Is that it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Start scribbling that down if you want to, if if, if you're going to struggle to remember that. It's not what you know, it's who you know. We can get all caught up in what we know about certain ways of doing things or certain um, people. And, And yet, I think it's important to know God when it comes to mission and ministry. And that's exactly what it says in this verse. It says, walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God. And to help us out this evening, uh, I'm going to uh, look to David, who is a king in the Old Testament. Um, king David, we're going to be looking at it in 2 Samuel chapter 5. If you want to head there, open your phones, grab a Bible at the front. Um, if you're not sure, we're going we're to go there in a little bit. But I reckon we all face different battles in our life and I wonder whether, whether we're approaching them with humility or whether we've got our own confidence. Let's have a look at David's life. If you, if you don't know much about David, he was, um, he was a shepherd boy looking after his sheep um, and through a whole series of events, he ends up being anointed king uh, and, but there's a long journey bet- between being anointed king and actually having a crown on his head, having an army and, and ruling in the way that, that God had spoken about. There's this whole journey of character building. And there's something about humility in that. There's something about, about having to wait a long time. Bill Johnson makes this really helpful comparison between King David and King Saul. King Saul, it was just kind of the king, was just, it, it, it was just a sudden thing. You've got to be king, come now. Whereas David, he was spoken to about being king, and then he went straight back to the hillside, straight back to the sheep, and straight back to serving in, in quiet places. And there's something about, there's something about humility in, in his journey. But I'm just going to look at this passage in 2 Samuel chapter 5. I'm going to read probably more than we need to, and I've not got it all up on the screen, but um, James will catch us up probably around verse 17. But we're going to go straight from verse 1. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. Did I say it's chapter 5? Did I say that? Great. Are you there? Can we go on? Great. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel, and you shall become their ruler. This is a whole bunch of people saying, we want you to be king over us as well as Judah. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a compact with them at Hebron before the Lord. And then they they anointed David king over Israel. So he's been king over Judah. He's now king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king. And he reigned for 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah for seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah for 33 years. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, you will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. They thought, David cannot get in here. Nevertheless, that's a great word, isn't it? Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, the city of David. And on that day, David said, anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they say the blind and lame will not enter the palace. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it, that's important, from the supporting terraces inward. And he became more and more powerful. I hope you're just getting a picture. I know this seems like a lot of scripture to read and I'm not going to apologize for that. But there's, there's something of he's attacked this Important city. He's claimed it. So they said that he couldn't do it. He did it. People are asking him to be king over extra areas. And he's becoming more and more powerful. Let's be a bit American about this and just say to the person next to you, more and more powerful. Nice. You didn't do it as Americans would, but that's fine. We'll get there. Great. So he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Now here I'm king of Tyre, sent messengers to David along with cedar logs and carpenters and stonemasons, and they built a palace for David. I mean, he is at the peak of his game. People are sending him gifts. I don't know if this happens to you regularly, but he, I don't know if anyone's just turned around to you and said, look, can I build you a house? I would lo- I've got some wood, I've got some stuff, I want to build you a house. This is what's happening to David. And David knew that the Lord had established him. I mean, that's important. David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people. After he left Hebron, David took more concubines and wives in Jerusalem. Let's skip over this quickly. And more sons and daughters were born to him. I mean, he's at the peak of his game. (laughs) Awkward. There's some historical context that we won't go into there, but these are the names of the children born to him there. And I'm not going to try and pronounce them, but they are in the Bible if you want to read them. Verse 17, and now we can go to the screen. Thank you, James. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord answered him, Go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. So David went to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out, the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. I don't know if you're picking up this picture, but at every point where there's blessing, where there's increase, where there's favor, David keeps on saying, the Lord has established me. The Lord has given me favor. I mean, this is so important if we're going to go out there and do the great stuff that we believe God wants us to do. If God's going to move amongst us, if we're going to see transformation in our town and in our city and in this nation, it's, it, we need to make sure that we're tracking in the same way that David does. That when we're blessed, when, when stuff happens, that we're, that we're saying, the Lord has established me. The Lord has done this. He's shown me great favor. This is happening not because I'm a great dude. It's really powerful. If we, we've got to get hold of this. As God blesses you and shows you favour, there's a real danger for you to go. Hey, I'm looking pretty good. Look at the way I make boiled eggs and soldiers. I am nailing this life stuff. Or look at look at this promotion. What? I knew that they would see that business deal that I'd done. I knew that they would. Oh, look at this these grades that I'm getting. I, I knew that I'd be recognised. I knew my skill would be. And pride creeps in and it starts to become about us rather than about God. But David is a man after God's heart and keeps coming back to this. We're going to read some more. Um, And he inquires of God before he goes out to battle. He's like, I don't want to fight a fight that God's not trying to fight. I don't want to go out there unless God is with me. So that place was called bel Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there and David and his men carried them off. And once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord and he answered, do not go straight up, but circle around them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Giza that's about 3 miles of striking down just in case you were wondering This is this is a great chapter and I'm not going to try and make any big point about this but it's basically David was experienced He had experience of taking Jerusalem. He had experience of leading the armies before he was even king, conquering Goliath, all these kind of victories. He had a shed load of victories. He had an arsenal. He had a great looking CV when it came to battles and fights. But he still inquires of the Lord. I wonder where you've had victories. I wonder where you've got a certain level of confidence when it comes to what you're about or what God's called you to. I wonder if maybe humility looks like going, well, the Lord established me in that and I want the Lord to establish me again. So I need to be asking him. I need to check in with him on this. He acquired. David was experienced. David was established. Talked a little bit about this. He keeps saying that it's the Lord that's established me. But he's established. He's in this fortified place. He's got stuff around him. I wonder where you're established in your life. I wonder if you're really secure in the, in the, in the home that you rent or the home that you own. I wonder if you're established in certain rhythms and and you're finding yourself having confidence in the ministry areas that you're you're doing or the the relationships and the friendships that are happening. You're feeling a certain level of established and maybe, maybe some of the stuff around you gives you confidence. Well, I've got a car and I know how I can get from here to there. The danger with being established is that we stop relying on God. So David was experienced, David was established. But the important thing that helped him to walk humbly was David was a man after God's heart. That's what the Bible says. He's a man after God's heart. And basically what I'm saying is it's not what you know, it's who you know. When it comes to all that you want to see achieved, it's not about how much you know, how much head knowledge you've got. It's about how surrendered you are to the king of kings. If you want to be a great queen, a great king, if you want to be involved in God's business and and building stuff, in this nation. Bold stuff, brave stuff. Humility is bold and brave, let me tell you that. But it's about who you know, it's not what you know. It's about that surrendered life. And David's journey is full of it. You can read of another situation, 1 Samuel 30, where he inquires of the Lord in another sticky situation. In that situation, it was his, two of his wives had been taken off and captured. It's a horrible situation. And he still inquires, Lord, do we go after them? It seems like it's obvious, but Lord, do we go after them? I'm after your heart. I want to know, are you up for this? The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor in vain, that we labor in vain, unless God's building it, unless it's God's building. I've used this illustration before, but um, I don't know if you saw that guy who built a castle behind hay bales. It was on the news like probably three or four years ago. He builds this whole castle behind hay bales without planning permission. And then they find out about it and he has to tear it down. It was worth over a million pounds. It looked really nice, but he didn't have planning permission. Who wants to build a million pound house if you're just going to have to tear it down? Who wants to be involved in life and, and battle and stuff like that if, if it's not what God's about and if it's not got his energy around it? So walking humbly is about making sure that um, we've, we've got some idea of, of God's heart on this stuff. Am I making sense? You have to say that though, don't you? Come on. Um, great. Well, uh, just a little illustration. I, I mean, what we get, where we're going to land today, basically, is, is around is around your connection with God, um, and and the time that you're able to spend with Him, and, and updates. I am. Um, I will take a little drink. So good. The drink, not my talk. Just to clarify, walking humbly here. Um, I'd like to introduce you to my sat you said hello, you said woo, either way, that's fine. Um, it's not actually that impressive. We bought this in 2008, and it's not been updated. Um, so it really can get us into sticky situations, um, and we've relied on it for probably too long now, and we should probably just update it. Um, but it's got a whole bunch of maps on it. We can go to Europe in this. Um, it's, it's kind of impressive, but it's very limited. It's not connected in anyway to the internet. It's, ju- it's just it's very limited in what we can do with this. We can put some postcodes in and it will send us to the place. If there's a new estate, we're going to struggle to get it to your house with just this. Now, I've not always had one of these, but you're going to be impressed. This is a smartphone, people. I know, a smartphone. Um, th- this is connected to Tinternet i got signal, i got Wi-Fi, i got 4G now and again, like, and I've got, a whole, I've got the same amount of maps on it, but this one's got traffic, you know what I mean? This has got live updates. This, is, this has got a whole bunch of people who are working for Google, sat in traffic jams without really knowing that they're sending information back to Google, um, so that I get up-to-date ideas, and it sends me a different way. I hope you know where we're going with this. Buy a smartphone, no. Um, there's a difference. I wonder if, if your relationship with God is from 2008. The last time you connected with him, the last time you got an update, the last time you got any kind of um, up-to-date revelation about what God wants to be doing in your life. I wonder if it's from 2008. I wonder if it's even from last year. I wonder if it's from a couple of weeks ago. I want to kind of say, and I'm going to set the the bar high so we can all feel a bit uncomfortable, myself included, and then bring us down a bit and see see some baby steps towards the right. Is that all right? So um, 2008 isn't good enough. If the last time you opened the Bible on your own was 2008, I I want to say to you in love that there might be more that God wants to communicate to you. There might be more ways that he wants to be directing you. It's not good. Um, This... I didn't, I'm so sorry, I didn't even think about smashing any of your important electrical equipment there. Um, Phew! I think we got away with that. This is updating all the time. It's updating now. It's updated again. It's updated again. I wonder, I wonder how often you are connecting with God and just opening your word. I wonder if you're just used to going out of the front door in the morning with no idea what you're walking towards. No idea whether the roots changed. No idea whether God wants to say something about your day. I wonder if you had time every morning to just go, Hey God, what's today look like? I mean, you can ask Siri. He'll, t- he'll tell you the weather. She'll tell you about the weather. She'll tell you what you've got in your calendar. But she might not tell you that there's a person that you're going to sit next to today who needs to know that they're loved who needs a box of chocolates. I wonder whether you're open to God saying, hey, I want you to drive this way, just drive a different way and pray for this area. Well, I've just driven this way since 2008. Well, stop driving that way if the Lord wants you to drive a different way. Otherwise, we're not walking humbly. Otherwise, we're not on mission with God. We're on our mission. And we're in our, we're established and we're experienced, and God doesn't get space. I'm not going to throw this behind me. Um, great. So when was your last update? When did you last have signal? When did you last read the scriptures? It's, the scriptures are like adding and updating your maps on, on, on Google or whatever, it's just a new operating system, new information, new ways that God can speak to you and guide you and, and direct you. I'm probably gonna leave the analogy there in case it just gets weird. Um, and we'll just we'll, we'll finish with Jesus because that's pretty reliable. He's pretty reliable. Jesus did this, we need to do this. Jesus, the Bible says, didn't do anything that he didn't see the Father doing. He, he was like fiber optic, do you know what I mean? Sometimes we miss out on the 4G stuff. Jesus was fiber optic. And it, it constantly connected with, with the Father, constantly surrendered to what he was about, constantly aware of God's power and presence and, and what he was supposed to be doing and what he wasn't supposed to be doing. I want to suggest that walking humbly might look like less ministry stuff for you, might look like going to church less, but you don't know that because you've stopped listening. Maybe you've been in a ministry or maybe you've been helping out with a certain group for a long time and you're just assuming it's the right thing and God's got some other things for you. But you stop listening and you're not walking humbly. And Jesus was a great example. And he, was, he, he had that fiber optic but he still chose to go away and hide with, with his father and just spend time on his own. And so this... Uh, and kind of apologizing, this, this talk is basically back to 101, are you having time with God in the morning? Have you, are you reading the Bible on your own and just discovering it? If the answer is no, let me throw some passages to you, I mean read Psalm 119 this week, just read a little, it's a long one, so just, just take 10 verses tonight before you go to bed or take 10 verses tomorrow morning before you go out. Start small. Everyone, everyone knows you're on d- at different points. For some of you, it'll be 10 chapters because you, you're in a different stage of life or wherever. Wherever you're at, don't let the enemy bring condemnation. Just bring, be freed into you. Okay, I want to make sure that I'm open to what God might want to say today. And that might be through scriptures. It might be through the Holy Spirit bringing revelation about something. When Carison when and, and myself were our peak in some of this stuff it's like we're having some people around for a meal we'll sit down beforehand it's not happened a whole lot since we had three kids because we get 40 minutes to just de the house but we'll sit down and go okay god what's what's your heart for tonight because we don't want to be bantering merely if 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 you want us to be praying or if you've got some stuff to speak we don't want to be praying if you've got some games for us to play do you know what i mean just actually asking really just clearly god do you want to say anything about today I mean, we can do stuff without hearing God. We're not going to be bound to prophetic words, but, but giving God the opportunity to speak in loads of different situations. You're at work. You're studying. God, is there anything you want to say before I start this essay? God, is there anything you want to say, say before I, I see this client or I, I, I go on, on this business meeting? Is there anything God wants to say? Jesus did it. We can do it. Walking humbly is about... Having a heart after God and not wanting to go into situations without His perspective. Amen. 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 Should we stand?